have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and registered art therapist. And I'm Catherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Our mission on Am I a Bad Therapist is to normalize and humanize our existence as therapists. You can help us spread this message by subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you are right now, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know the drill. You can also help us by sharing Am I a Bad Therapist with your network, whether it's on social media, your stories, or just between colleagues. Every listener helps us make a difference in this field, and we'll always reshare if you tag us. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to check out our pretty faces on our YouTube channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to head over to our podcast and leave a review. You can find all of our links in the notes below. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So for all of our listeners, we have been doing some different things lately, but we want to just bring you different conversations and different things that come up for us. So today, the episode that we're sharing is actually a podcast that we we recorded with Brighter Vision, and we had so much fun recording it and sharing different parts of our story that we really thought our own listeners would hopefully enjoy it too. Yeah, we get to talk about the behind the scenes, how we created the podcast, why we created the podcast, our insecurities around the podcast. (laughs) We cover a lot of our inner work um, as we've been developing this and maybe even a few dream interpretations. So hopefully you can join us. And just a friendly reminder that this episode is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy in and of itself self. All right. Well, this is a different episode, but of Am I a Bad Therapist, but this is episode number 20. So let's get into it. 
Well, hello and welcome everyone to our 2022 Fall Into Cash podcast mini-series. Today I'm joined by Catherine Esquire, founder of the Teletherapist Network, and Ali Joy, owner of her own private practice and the creative clinical consultation and supervision. Um, so together, this duo has created the incredibly relatable podcast, Am I a Bad Therapist?, to shine light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and normalize the gray areas of clinical practice. We'll be discussing why they're embracing bad therapist moments and the most common clinical mistakes and the importance of talking about mistakes in the therapy room. So before getting into it, I'll just start with a couple um, quick introductions, starting with myself. My name is Jocelyn Manson, um, and I'm on the marketing team here at Brighter Vision. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Brighter Vision, we're an all-in-one marketing solution for therapists, and our goal is to make marketing your private practice as simple as possible. So we offer custom therapists as well as blogging and social media automation through Social Genie, um, which is our platform that's designed and pre-filled with written content specifically on mental health and wellness topics. But more importantly, our guests, as I mentioned today, we're joined by Catherine Esquire and Allie Joy, co-hosts of the podcast, Am I a Bad Therapist? Catherine is also a licensed psychologist with an MBA. After a decade of living and working in cities, she returned to her rural hometown to provide outpatient mental health services to the underserved community. And she is the founder of the Teletherapist Network, which is an exclusive community of modern therapists um, to improve clinical skills and decrease burnout in clinical practice. Allie is a licensed professional counselor and registered art therapist based in Connecticut. She owns her own private practice as well as the creative clinical consultation and supervision, which helps other therapists incorporate creativity into their own work in a fun and ethical way. So again, welcome Allie and Catherine. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I guess we'll get started if you want to add to any of those intros um, and just tell me how you started your podcast and even before that, how the two of you met and got connected. I think you did a wonderful job summarizing everything we <laughs> yeah. do. So yeah, thank, thank you, you, Jocelyn. Yeah, so I'm Catherine and go ahead, Allie, you want to yeah. share your voice? Yes, and I'm Allie. Thank you for having us today. And we, oh gosh, that's a great question. How did we meet Allie? Um, I think our first interaction was on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So I was, you know, just looking at expanding like my supervision and master classes and things like that. And I found Catherine on the Teletherapist Network and I just reached out and was like, hey, what you're doing is really awesome. I love the idea of the network. Um, and we ended up um, having, I joined the network and I hosted a master class at first. And then we just really connected and just chatted a lot from there. Um, I host a consultation group there. And then just through chatting, I was like, actually, it's funny. I had a dream that Catherine and I started a podcast. And I messaged her and was like, I had a dream that we started a podcast. Do you want to do it? And here we are. <laughs> it really was. You won't believe this. I hope this isn't too creepy. But I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> And so me being so totally open to all these new experiences and just like blooming where I'm planted, I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> and we, we actually, the podcast creation, as much as we want it to seem like it was just this great idea from the beginning, we spent several months mm -hmm. planning it, hashing out ideas, coming up with um, topics, refining topics. 
um, talking about marketing. So we really spent a good, what would you say, like three months? Yes, I think about three months. Three months, the beginning of this year, so the beginning of 2023 months, just laying the groundwork for a really successful podcast. So we had everything built, all the systems built. I mean, granted, we tweak them all the time, but all the systems, marketing platforms, audio, visual, everything built so that when we first launched, we could hit the ground running and really scale. So I was really grateful that Ellie had that dream and that we're so well, we're, we're great. We're, we're great co-hosts together and producers together because we work very similarly and really have this high quality of excellence in mind when we think about how we want to deliver our podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Ellie, go go ahead. Ahead. oh, I was just going to say, I'm glad Catherine didn't think it was creepy me messaging her like, hey, I had a dream about you. <laughs> She's like, no, this is great. I love this. Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was relatively new to both of you. So what were kind of your, your biggest fears and concerns when deciding to produce and launch a podcast of your own? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Ali, I'll let you speak for yourself as well, but I am, I'm very timid to show up publicly. I'm just a very private person in general. And with founding and growing the teletherapist network, I really had to stretch that visibility muscle and get more comfortable, um, in the public spotlight. So I think the biggest hurdle for me and the biggest fear with me was putting myself out there even more in, in, in an even more vulnerable spot, talking about my missteps and my mistakes and my insecurities in the therapy room as a psychologist. Um, that was the scariest part for me. Like, is this making me vulnerable to something? Um, am I going to be perceived as weak or less than as a therapist for talking about that? Um, that was my biggest hurdle when we were when we were hashing out the details of the podcast. How about you, Allie? Yeah, I felt very similar because as we were developing our idea, I feel like we kind of always circled around something along the lines of like talking about the hard parts of being a therapist or the isolation. And we ended up with, you know, the bad therapist concept. And I remember we sat with it for a while because yeah. we were like, how is this going to be perceived? We know there are going to be people who might not read, you know, the description after the name and might just think that we're calling people bad therapists when we're saying the opposite. We're trying to normalize that we make mistakes. Um, but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, are, are we going to get some backlash for this, like mm-hmm. where it's not going to mm-hmm. be understood? And then will that make me look like a bad therapist? Would my clients maybe see this and think like, oh my gosh, my therapist has a podcast called Am I a Bad Therapist? So I was a little <laughs> bit nervous about um, – I guess just again, how it would be perceived, but I believe in our message so much and I'm glad we pushed through with it because we really have gotten incredible feedback from listeners and people online, you know, who are understanding our vision and like, you know, our mission of what we do. And I appreciate it. So I'm glad we pushed through that discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. It was scary. Finally settling on, am I a bad therapist? That was that was a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you guys kind of playing with a bunch of different ideas and then thought, you know, like this is a niche that hasn't really been filled in the space and that we could really reach a lot of people with? How'd that go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about in developing our ideas, how so many like therapy related podcasts are trying to teach you something, right? Like how to build your practice, how to develop your skills. Like there's so much of that out there, which is valuable, but 
I can speak for myself. Like I have a lot on my plate. I'm tired. Like I, you know, with my, from my one-to-one work with clients, it can be really draining. So we didn't want to create a podcast that just gave someone another task. And that was kind of like something we said early on. And then I think we also together realized that nobody's really talking about the mistakes that we make because what we do is so private. You know, we're just working with clients with regarding to confidentiality and HIPAA, and then also how we're perceived as therapists. So once we kind of thought like, no one's talking about the mistakes, there's a lot of shame around making mistakes or around sharing it. And then again, the idea of like, we didn't want to add to someone's to-do list. So that's kind of how we found that idea. Felt like it was a very like much needed conversation to happen. Yeah. Ideally, I think it's all about bringing the mistakes, bringing our mistakes out of isolation. We make them in an isolated therapy room, right? Which is protected by confidentiality. And so we want to be able to normalize them and bring them out and make them less shameful. Like Ellie said, you put that beautifully in our process. um, We really kind of led with developing the podcast of what do we want our listeners to feel? How do we want them to feel when they walk away from our podcast? Do we want them to feel overwhelmed or less than or taking having 10,000 things to do or really great actionable steps that they're never going to get around to doing? Or do we want them, we, we really landed on, we want to make them feel connected, supported, normalized, and humanize the practice of therapy. Love that. Yeah. And so for other other therapists who are kind of considering doing something similar, but do have their own business like both of you do, how do you kind of juggle um, doing something like this as well as managing multiple businesses? It's so your your question is so timely because Ellie and I were just talking about how we manage multiple businesses and not only manage multiple businesses but manage multiple roles. Allie and I both have partners. I have two children. Um, we have lives outside of our businesses, and so it's a lot to juggle. And I think my number one. I think, Allie, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say mm-hmm. systems. Systems <laughs> are my, that is what I brought to the table when we were co-creating this podcast. Allie has the artistic vision and I did the back-end systems to make it run beautifully and smoothly and almost, se- I wouldn't say seamlessly, but uh, <laughs> almost without us having to do mm-hmm. a lot of the minute tasks over and over again. So my my creative outlet is building systems. Um, and Allie's was developing, I guess, the whole show other than that. (laughs) No, it's perfect. I think we do like support each other so well with that because that's like Catherine said, my brain is very creative, you know, as an art therapist, as a creative person. So I don't like this, like the little details or the system. So it does balance out so well where I could think about like, you know, our logo that was so fun developing that together, Um, Mm -hmm. like our marketing angle, like our graphics. So I felt like it balances out perfectly. Um, And for myself, I have shared this before, like my brain works best with like multiple things going on. Mm -hmm. Like if I do the same thing over and over again, I get kind of like restless almost. So Mm -hmm. having different businesses for me and having the podcast fills me up more so than anything. So that's just what I have found works best for myself in my work is that I need some variety. And when we were kind of, you know, talking about this idea and how much time we could commit, um, I was like, I, this idea makes me excited. It makes me feel Mm -hmm. like connected. Mm -hmm. I love talking to providers because we always interview providers um, and hearing people's stories. It's so I kind of weighed that of like, it's so fulfilling for me and it gets me so excited that it's worth the time and just balancing out the other work that I do. 
Let's pause here for a quick ad break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking to incorporate more creativity into your clinical practice, but don't know where to start? As a registered art therapist, I truly believe that every clinician can utilize creativity in what they do. I absolutely love offering consultation and supervision to share with clinicians how to ethically incorporate therapeutic art making into their clinical practice. I focus on easy and simple interventions with very little prep work for you and your clients. Visit www.cccs.care to learn more. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Are clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. And now back to the show. So in doing this, um, getting to the content, the topic of your podcast, what are some of the most kind of common bad therapists' mistakes or qualms that you've heard so far? We've heard a lot of them too. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the most common is not something that gets talked about the most, but that is, I think, when there's a rupture in the therapeutic alliance or the therapeutic relationship. And I'm talking not about big ones that we need to address or that it's quite obvious we need to address, but small ones where perhaps a, a client, um, you know, we say something meaning one way and it's interpreted a different way. And we really take that shame and that imposter syndrome of I just goofed with us into the rest of our day or take us it, into our night. So I think the most common ones are the really small ones that are just honest mistakes that we make or honest miscommunications that happen um, that we they're so small that we don't we don't address them or we don't really acknowledge them as like, hey, it's okay. It's okay to make that. And it's okay to acknowledge that you're having big feelings about something so small. Sure. Mm -hmm. Allie, what do you think? Yeah, I think that and I do think a common thread through I think all of our episodes, honestly, is like you said, Catherine, that imposter syndrome, whatever the mm. experience was or the mistake was, I think almost all of our guests have said it like it led them to that question of like, am I a bad therapist for making this mm -hmm. mistake? Am I doing the right thing? Did I make the right choice? So I do feel like that is kind of a common thread that goes through it. And again, the hope in us talking about these things is like 
No, you are a human. We all make mistakes. And it's scary to share it. And I give our guests so much credit for coming Mm -hmm. on and talking about their mistakes because it's really vulnerable. But we have, again, we get such great feedback where people say, I heard this and I have been through something similar and it made me feel less alone. It made me feel so much better. And it makes me feel better because I relate to the stories too. And we always keep sharing our bad therapist stories. I have tons of them to share. So it just, I think is, again, it's really like common thread to talk about feeling like that imposter syndrome. But I'm hoping, you know, as we continue that people feel less alone and less like that imposter. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And it's not... Like you said, it's it's not it doesn't make you a bad therapist. It's just bad therapist moments, and that's mm-hmm. really the, yeah. the the meaning behind the podcast, which I love. So, um, you've touched on why you need to talk about this and why it's important to kind of get those little moments out in the open to make everyone feel less alone. But what do you envision would happen if we didn't talk about those moments? Uh, I think that was such a such a trend, you know. I would say during the pandemic, but also before the pandemic where we all, there was this big sense of isolation um, where we practiced by ourselves in a room with our clients or on a screen with our clients. And we didn't necessarily have the community and the support to be able to talk through what we experienced or how we experienced it or what was going on in therapy or get that outside perspective. Um, So I, I can't really pinpoint exactly what would happen, but therapy is inherently human. And so we as humans bring in our own biases and our own perspectives. And the only way I say this all the time, (laughs) the best quality control for therapy is consultation. And so if we don't talk about our experiences as therapists, who, where are we getting that quality control? How are we knowing where's our true north? And how are we knowing our barometers going that direction? Um, there's, there's no checks and balances. Okay. So consultation, there's a reason consultation and talking about our bad therapist moments, um, as a part of consultation are a part of all of our ethics codes, all of them out there. If you're mm-hmm. licensed, it is in your ethics codes, check it out. Um, because it's really the only way to make sure we're, we're delivering quality work. Yeah. And I think too, like this might be more like dramatic of an answer, um, but I do think it could honestly lead to someone leaving the profession if they, you know, have made a few mistakes. And we've had guests and I've shared like, and I know Katie, you've shared like in our internship, if something happens um, or right out of practice, a big mistake happens. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't normalize it, if you don't get that support, or if you just don't get someone saying like, I have experienced that too, it might lead to someone leaving or not feeling like they belong in the profession and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think the more we spread that message of mistakes happen, we are humans, it's okay to talk about them and learn from them. Hopefully it keeps people here, keeps people happy in the work that they're doing um, and not being so hard on themselves. Because I think that comes up too in some of our conversations of people saying like, I felt like the worst therapist. Like I thought this, you know, maybe I was going to lose my license or, you know, we have that strong reaction. Um, yeah. And then you feel alone in that and then you're hard on yourself and that might carry into your week, your month. You know, a lot of these stories people share are like even years later and that emotion is still so strong Mm -hmm. because of how it felt. So hopefully the more we do talk about Mm -hmm. it, the less of that weight on our shoulders it feels like, the less intense it seems, um, hopefully would help with our burnout and things like that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more we talk about it, the more this just kind of solidified. If we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. we become more isolated. Mm-hmm. And when we become more isolated, we 
you know, our quality of clinical work can suffer as well as our quality of life can suffer. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of encapsulates what happens if we don't talk about our bad therapist moments. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So what would you recommend to therapists when they do have these moments? Um, Kind of going off of that, who should they talk to and kind of how should they they seek that expertise? Well, I would say, of course, they should come on the podcast. (laughs) Of course. Share it with us. Um, but before that, of course, um, you know, talking, building out your network, uh, definitely supervision and consultation, even for people who are licensed and seasoned, like it's still so important to have consultation and supervision. Um, I mean, ideally consistently, but especially if something comes up, um, or talking to your colleagues and things and just, again, maybe telling the story later on too. (laughs) What about you, Catherine? What would you say? Oh yeah. I, I, I am a pretty social person by nature. And so when it comes to insecurities at work or in business, I absolutely have a trusted group of peers that I lean on and that know me, that know my work and can really give me that supportive feedback that I'm looking for. And sometimes it's hard to hear, but I know that they know me and and I trust their trust their perspectives. Obviously, I have to qualify it, right? You have to qualify the the advice giver, but absolutely leaning on that, those that peer network is is critical. And I think in our society, it's becoming harder and harder to develop that peer network as we go through life. And so putting the time and energy into developing your network before you need Mm -hmm. that emergency support per se is, is a really good investment into your quality of life and your clinical work. Awesome. And yeah, like we've talked about, you two have both been through it and are going through it every day as as providers. So you are uniquely qualified to to have these discussions. So with that, what are some of your biggest bad therapist moments that you've had yourself? Oh, do you want me to start? Should we? Well, I don't know if we should share ones we've already shared on the podcast, or if we should share some new ones. What do you think, Catherine? I, I can share a general theme. Yeah. I for those of you who listen to the podcast or know me from the Teletherapist Network, you know that I live and work in my rural hometown where I grew up, and so my bad therapist moments can be encapsulated by one phrase, and that is dual relationships. Period. <laughs> There's just so many of them that I encounter on a daily. Probably, I wouldn't say daily, weekly basis that um, so many different ethical conversations and dilemmas come up through these dual relationships, which are extremely hard to navigate in a small town when you live and work there, grew up there. Or if you are in an urban area, perhaps you work with a um, uh, a very select population, which you are also a member of or a community in which you are a member of. And so that can also have those dual relationships pop up. But those, those that encapsulates mine. How about you, Ellie? Um, Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. I think a lot of mine come from maybe my excitement (laughs) of like making uh, quick decisions in the therapy room and not always Mm. thinking them through all the way. So um, one of the ones I shared recently on the podcast was as an art therapist, um, I get really into the projects that I do with my clients, but sometimes I don't really think about the mess. Um, so sometimes it makes a big mess or sometimes I end up covered in paint and my clients covered in paint. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, you have to, uh, go function in the world after this. So I think sometimes those quick decisions we make, you know, in hindsight, we could have maybe made a little bit differently. Um, but they're still worth it. We just have to work through it. Um, and then sometimes I think with the, like when I was getting licensed, 
it was I made some mistakes there of like when I was getting ready for my exams or keeping track of paperwork. So like we shared earlier, I'm not always great at the detail work. I like the big picture thinking. So I have made some bad therapist moments in those little details as well. Awesome. I love to hear. Well, how can listeners get connected with both of you if they're interested in coming on the podcast or just chatting with you? Well, absolutely. We would love to have uh, any listeners listening right now on the podcast. We do not, um, we are not exclusionary to any certain type of license or only certain level of practitioner. We have uh, clinicians, therapists, counselors, social workers, psychologists of all experience levels and backgrounds on the show. You don't even have to have a business Instagram page. (laughs) We have lots of people who work for group practices and just come on to share their experiences, to spread, to pay it forward for the, for future generations of therapists or new new therapists to, to learn from their experiences. So you can find us at abadtherapist.com. That is our website and we have applications there. It's a quick and dirty, tell us a little bit about yourself application um, to share your experience on the podcast. Yeah. And we are on Instagram too. It's at a bad therapist pod. We post daily graphics, quotes. We love pulling quotes from our episodes and sharing them with our community on Instagram. Again, just like getting those messages across of normalization. Uh, We love to do polls in our stories, all sorts of things. So come connect with us on Instagram too. Um, And then I also have an Instagram at the joy of therapy where I post a lot about uh, creative interventions and things like that. Just general things relating to therapy, my life, Art, joy, whatever it is. <laughs> Amazing. And Allie, this is specific to you, but for anyone who knows someone in their network that they'd like to partner with on a project, <laughs> will you say just reach out and go for it? Yes, 100%. Um, oh, and also make sure that you follow the Teletherapist Network on Instagram. What is it, Catherine? <laughs> At teletherapist.network. Yes, right. And you are so sweet. Uh, you are so sweet to remember to plug the network. I was going to oh, forget about it. Yes. Yeah. If you're not a member of the network yet, check us out. Um, we're on Instagram and then also teletherapistnetwork.com. Yes. But definitely if you want to start a podcast with someone, reach out. If they say no, okay, that's all right. But it's <laughs> worth, you know, again, it's exciting. It can be really fun. It's worth the work. Um, it's a good creative outlet. So I just... Just tell them you want to work with them, or maybe you'll have a dream about it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you, Katie and Allie, so much for joining us today. It was such a fun conversation and such a unique perspective that I think is really helpful for everyone to be reminded of on the daily. Um, So again, thanks for joining us. And everyone who's listening, check back in on Friday when we'll drop the next segment of our podcast mini series where we will discuss SEO strategies for therapists with Mark Lipowski from Marketing for Therapists. So thank you again all for listening and thank you to Allie and Katie. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. And are you a bad therapist and want to join us on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. 
you can find this song, along with many others, on any music platform under the artist Air For Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air For Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists. <laughs> <laughs>